Welcome to another episode of the Entrepreneur Sushi Club podcast, a weekly podcast where we give you insight into the personality of successful sushi adoring entrepreneurs, showing you that success is all about having fun in any and with your business without the hustle and the grinding. I'm your host, Lupna, and I'm joined by my lovely co-host, the one and only... Wintan. Hi, everyone. <laughs> Hello, hello, hello. Well, we've got an amazing guest all the way from across the pond. And for those of you that are from across the pond, we in Europe like to say that we have the amazing Sarah St. John, who is an entrepreneur, a podcaster, an online course creator and author. One multifaceted entrepreneur again. And of course, she loves sushi. She wouldn't be on the podcast if she doesn't love sushi. Let's be honest. Sarah has created several startups throughout her entrepreneurial career of over a decade. And she currently owns a podcast production agency called Podseam. She is also a podcaster herself. Her podcast is called frugalpreneur, I love the word, building a business on a bootstrapped budget, which aims to show people how to launch and manage an online business on a budget. Sarah, welcome to the show. Well, thanks so much for having me. I appreciate it. It's amazing to connect with another sushi adoring entrepreneur. So let's dive in with one of the most important questions of this podcast. Are you ready? I'm ready. <laughs> What's your favorite sushi and why? Well, I haven't ventured out too much. My typical go-tos are a California roll and a Philadelphia roll, but I need to venture out and try other things. I just, I tend to, like if I'm at a restaurant, I tend to stick with what I know. So <laughs> what about well, you? Oh, my favorite is the California roll. It's still oh, the okay. one that I order each and every time. And it is a starter sushi. So for, for those of you that are listening and thinking, I've never tried sushi. I don't know if I would like it. And I don't know if I can get myself past the raw fish eating. Then the California roll is absolutely the roll that I advise you to try out because there's no raw fish in it. But you still <laughs> get the sushi experience <laughs> from there you can venture into other sushi. So, Wound, what's your favorite sushi? Well, mine is the salmon roll, standard. Yeah, simple, but yeah, it's, a, it's my favorite. I love it, I love it. So, uh, Sarah, one of the things that you've shared with us before we hit the go live button to record our conversation is that it hasn't been very long for you, this sushi adoring journey. Can you <laughs> tell us a little bit about that? <laughs> yeah, I would say it's been maybe a couple years or so. Yeah, so my brother loves sushi. And I remember one time we went to a Japanese restaurant and they had other foods, but his plate was filled with sushi and he loves it. And he was like, you want to try some? I was like, yeah, because I'm not a big seafood person or raw fish or like, it just didn't look good to me. And I didn't think I would like it. So I didn't, anyway, I forget exactly when, where, why, and how I ever actually ended up trying it, but I did at some point. And I was like, oh, wow, this is really good. And now I'm like addicted to it. Like I get <laughs> cravings for it. <laughs> well, I, we can both relate to that one, Sarah, honestly, with all of the conversations. We, every time we interview a guest, and I have to say, especially at 10 a.m. in the morning or at 8 in the evening, because we cover all of the time zones in the world and we've got guests from all over the world. 
like, oh my god and they, I hear these compelling stories about sushi and I'm thinking <laughs> I want to have some sushi but it's 10 a.m in the morning <laughs> you know what you should do is you should always have sushi with you while you're doing this show and just eat it as the show goes on <laughs> well to be fair we've had a guest I think was it last week or the week before that who did exactly that we recorded at the end of the day she said I went out because I saw in my calendar that we were having this conversation and I ordered my and she had more sushi for herself alone that I think it, when I saw the packages that she had I'm like, that's huge enough sushi for two to three people. And said, no, no, I'm going to eat it all by myself. Like, okay. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I don't know if you're familiar with the TV show, This Is Us. There was uh, an episode a couple of weeks ago where they ordered like this giant platter of sushi and it was like delivered. I'm like, my biggest takeaway from that episode was where can I get delivery <laughs> sushi? Like this big platter of all different types. <laughs> well, you can. I mean, I've been to a restaurant here in the Netherlands where you get your sushi served on a boat. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, all kinds of different sushis and it gets and that both is brought in and put on the table. You get to eat sushi off the boat, which I think <laughs> is a brilliant idea. But enough about me because we're here to talk about you. So, if you would say is your sushi journey 3 years, 5 years old? Uh, probably closer to three years. Yeah, somewhere around there. Oh, wow, very new. Yeah, very new. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I really love that. And to be fair, most of our guests are ones that were introduced to sushi when they were a little bit older. We've got one recent guest who literally have, has been eating sushi since she was a little girl because her parents introduced her very early on, but most have started their sushi journey at a later age. Mm -hmm. So let's dive into the second segment of our time together, which is another one of the most important questions of the podcast, which is, our purpose is to give insight into the personality of successful sushi adoring entrepreneurs. And we like to use sushi as an analogy. So the question is, if you, your personality were a sushi, what would the ingredients be and why? Oh, wow. So actual sushi ingredients or you mean actual, <laughs> like actual sushi? So you can say, well, the base is always a nori for example. But you, then you put on the rice, we get that, but what's next and oh, why? Wow. What does that represent in terms of your personality and your character? You know, I think it'd be interesting to like make your own sushi concoction. And if I could, I would probably put in cucumber and avocado, but I would add like mango to it too. That I think that would be interesting. Ooh. So you kind of have some sweet and some, you know, cucumber doesn't have a, I guess that's more of a fresh taste. And then avocado would be more creamy. I don't know. For some reason, I just think that would be really good to add mango uh, in. You can make up your sushi. This is the reason why we asked the question. We had the There's most no amazing answer. combination. There's no right or wrong answer. <laughs> We're just interested in, okay, if you say cucumber and it's the freshness, how does that translate to your personality? What do people see about you that makes you fresh or creamy or sweet? <laughs> I guess fresh would be like just keeping up with the latest trends in business. 
I think we briefly, before we hit record, touched on Clubhouse. I know that's becoming yes. a, a big thing. And so just trying to stay on top of trends and how you can use those to, you know, grow your audience in your business. And I know TikTok's another big one that I think I'm going to have to jump on and try out. <laughs> so I guess that would be for fresh. Okay. So you love Sweet. to discover new things. Yes, definitely. Yeah. Okay. I like to try new things. The sweet, I guess, would be that I'm nice. <laughs> <laughs> that came out like, I'm not really sure, but let me say that nevertheless. <laughs> right. Like, I mean, I'll tell people how it is, but I'll do it in a nice way. Okay. I, I'm not rude about stuff. Yeah. Okay. Um, so we've got the creaminess of the avocado. Oh, man. There's no wrong answer. You don't need to force yourself to come up with anything. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm not really sure how that one works. <laughs> how, that how, one about, how about we start the other way around? Describe your personality and let's see if we can discover the sushi ingredients <clears throat> from there. Okay, yeah. So I guess aside from the things we already covered, I guess I'm very honest. I'm loyal, real, down-to-earth. You can pretty much talk to me about anything. I guess those are a few to start with. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're really good. So let's try one. Honesty. Uh, you could say ginger. Luna, mm. you're the sushi strategist. You know, yeah, yeah, you I'm know the, I'm got, <laughs> I've never been called a sushi strategist before, I believe. But this is going to be an interesting title for me. Um, you could say ginger or wasabi. There's no... Oh, okay. For honesty, it is what it is, and it uh-huh. will give you that punch. Mm-hmm. So we've got like the honesty with wasabi. What's that? Mm-hmm. Do you like ginger wasabi? I like ginger, not wasabi so much. <laughs> <laughs> You're very lucky. Gail isn't with us because I don't think you'd be friends. <laughs> Gail is our third co-host, and she's a wasabi fan. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah. 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 So honesty with, because you also said that you like to be honest, but not being rude about your directness and honesty towards other people. So, and I guess anything that is, gives a punch, I like ginger or maybe spicy, uh, you can have chili flakes on your sushi, for example, that is, it is what it is. And it still can hit you because of that Mm. spiciness or that punchiness of of the ginger. So I I would say that, for example, let me see. What else did you say? I guess loyal and that you can talk to me about anything. Yeah. All those things probably kind of go together in some ways, but. (laughs) Yeah, they're absolutely. uh, Yeah. I can totally imagine them being connected. You can say, if you were to venture out into the raw fish, which fish would that be for you? Uh, salmon. I mean, okay, salmon. Okay, so what would salmon represent? Could it be your? I could, you can tell me anything. Yeah, that that might work. Yep. So now we've got the ingredients. We've got a couple of ingredients. We've got a couple of characteristics. Now comes the question: Is it a hand roll? Is it a roll or maybe it's a nigiri? You know the difference, uh, Sarah? I don't know if I know the difference, actually. 
<laughs> I'm going to ask. You said three years. So the rolls is just like the California is a roll, which okay. means that you have the nori and the rice and it's rolled up and sliced into little pieces. We could also have a hand roll in which you have all of the ingredients, but it's like a cone. It's rolled like a cone. And you eat it like a cone. Uh, That's a hand roll. Okay. And then the giri is the sushi with the rice and the ingredients on top. So it's not inside of a roll, whether that mm. is a hand roll roll, but it's on top. So you get a little different uh, flavor taste because of it. So which one is it for you? I guess the roll, because that's what I eat. So, <laughs> Yeah, most people say the roll because your personality is a combination of different facets. Mm-hmm. And a roll is you take a bite and you get all of that in one go. Yeah, exactly. Uh, or I, I put the whole thing in my mouth. I don't know if people t- eat it in segments. You but- are supposed to put the whole thing in your mouth. I can't believe yeah. that people take bites and then go again. My mother does that. And I'm thinking, that's uh. not how you eat sushi. Because <laughs> they, they make it small deliberately, like bite size. Right. Yeah. It's already bite size. So why would you need to eat it in bites? <laughs> Don't get me started, please. Do not get me started on that one. Okay. So we've got the, what's your favorite sushi and why? We've got the personality piece done. So Sarah, tell us a little bit about your podcast. No, tell me, I'm actually intrigued. Why frugalpreneur? Yeah, that's a good one. Why? So... Yeah, it's kind of a, a journey. So I started my entrepreneurial journey back in 08. I had had six different jobs that year, not at the same time, but throughout the course of the year and realized I wanted to work for myself, not other people because things just weren't working out. So I actually started a photography business, but it was expensive to maintain the equipment. And so I decided to switch to an online business model, but wasn't sure what I wanted to do. So I tried a bunch of different things like um, blogging, affiliate marketing, drop shipping. And it was through that process I discovered all these free or really affordable tools, resources, and software that you can use to run a business on a budget. So I decided to write a book called Frugalpreneur about the different online business models and the tools and resources to run it on a budget. And then I decided to launch a podcast also called Frugalpreneur, but it was to coincide with the book. It was just going to be another marketing avenue, but it was just going to be, you know, 10 episodes or something. But I was getting more leverage and traction with the podcast than the book. And so I kept the, the, and I love the connections I was making. So I kept the podcast going. I've been doing that for a couple of years and I was editing and producing my own show and people would compliment me on it. And so I decided, well, why not get, get paid to do it for other people? So then I launched a podcast production agency and now I'm working on a podcasting course. So I'm all in on podcasting, but it took over a decade to get to that point. But yeah, Frugalpreneur, that whole concept or idea was just based on my experience of trying to launch an online business on a budget. <laughs> when did you launch Frugopreneur as a podcast? Oh, as a podcast? Uh, that was two years ago. I think it was, let's see, it may have been June of 2019. 
Yeah, I love well. that. I think what, what I really like about you sharing this, and that's one of the reasons I was so much interested, I guess, because some people, and I know this from experience and from the conversations that I have had with people who start a business or are con- contemplating starting a business, is it could take a little while to discover what you're really passionate about, what you really want to spend the majority of your time, energy and attention on. And you exemplify that example. You started a decade ago and just tried different things and with each thing that you tried you learned more about yourself and more about okay what is it I really want to do and what sparks my interest and what can I see myself doing and making money out of it but it's also valuable for the rest of the world because you need people to pay you for what you think what you're passionate about I think that that is a very important point if you're one of those people because not everyone starts out in bullseye gets the right thing at the right time and goes for it there are a large group of people that have to try different things and learn along the way and i think that one of the beautiful things about what you do is you show that it is possible to start a business on a budget you don't have to spend thousands of dollars pounds or even euros to get things started and try out and go on this discovery journey so on that point sarah for someone that is listening in whether they're already have a business or are just starting out and really sit and really thinking i have to do this on a tight budget what are some of the tips that you can share with our audience yeah so i mean the first key is to figure out what you want to do what kind of business you want to start and i think the best way to figure that out is like first of all what do you enjoy doing that you can see yourself doing for years or what do people tell you you're good at or even like what's a hobby and and how can you monetize that or what are you an expert in and could you teach people that and then once you figure out what you want to do I think it's important to get a website first and foremost a lot of people think they just need social media and it's important to have social media but the problem with depending on like a Facebook page or something like that is Unless you pay to boost posts, only 1% to 2% of your followers even see it. And algorithms are always changing. And who knows in 10 years if these platforms will be around or which ones will be new. And there's always things popping up. So it's important to have a website, a centralized place where people can go to find out about you and your services and whatnot. And then the next thing would be to start an email list right away as well. And what I use is called SendFox, and it's free, up to a 1,000 subscribers. And what I like about it for a content creator in particular, like a podcaster or blogger or YouTuber, is that you can put in like your YouTube link or your podcast RSS feed, and it'll automatically generate a weekly newsletter based on your latest episode or video or post or whatever. And so it saves time. So yeah, you can get that started for free. And as far as a website... If you use WordPress, you just have to pay for hosting, which is very affordable. Depending on who you go with, it can be, you know, three bucks a month. <laughs> and, or you could use like Wix, Weebly, or whatever yeah. the others, Squarespace, <laughs> something like that. It's like 10, 20 bucks a month. And so, yeah, it's very affordable to get started on a budget. I think a lot of people assume that starting a business costs thousands of dollars like you said Uh, and of course if you have like a retail or a brick and mortar business yes it's going to be expensive that's why i like the online business model because there's very little overhead so yeah there's so many options as far as what you can do and and how you can 
and all the tools that you can use, there's a lot of tools that are free, at least up to a certain amount, like with the email marketing. And then you might have to start paying a little bit, but by the time you get to the point where you have to start paying, you're probably generating some kind of income as well. So, Yeah, and, and I love that you said, I mean, you said look at something that you enjoy doing and you can see yourself doing for a certain amount of time because it takes time to get traction in the world. And then get started with a website. And I think that's one of the things that you're absolutely right. I mean, social media can change their business model at any time. They can make it even more difficult for you to reach the people. And, and I've heard that too. I've heard that when you post about 1% of your followers or likes or whatnot you have, on depending on the platform, will see what you are posting. So that's only interesting when you've got 10,000, 100,000 followers, which is a challenge to get to these days unless you're a celebrity or some kind of influencer. So 1% of the amount of followers and likes you have right now could be just five or 10 for you right now. So you need one placeholder and that could be your website, which could be a one or two page website, doesn't have to be 20 pages. And I agree with you. There are so many tools out there that you can use that you can start for free or with very little investment and you get started because you've got more time than money at the beginning. Most of us do. So spend a little bit more time so that you can create, you generate the money to delegate it or get more toolings and invest in the toolings. Yeah, that's really good advice. Uh, what would be an amount? I mean, I can imagine someone listening in thinking, but what is the amount, even if it's a little per month that I can start my business on? Is that $100 a month or what? Yeah, well, my whole goal is to manage my businesses for under 100 a month. And actually, right now I'm doing it for around 40 to 60 a month. Wow. At one time, it was closer to 100. But <laughs> yeah, so it's definitely, I think a lot of it comes down to, like, say you're just trying to decide between two or three different platforms for whatever it is that you're doing or different software. What I do is I go with the one that offers a free plan <laughs> and then... I try to use as many free things as possible. So, yeah, I think that's how I'm able to to do it for so little. And that requires some research and whatnot. But the good thing is on my website, I actually have a link or a, a page where it lists all the tools that I use. And a lot of them are free or very affordable. I think if you go to the website at the top, it'll say like 27 tools I use. So the website's... Sarah St. John.com tool I use, right? That's the one you're referring to. Yeah, the Sarah St. That's Sarah with an H and St. John is S T J O H N dot com. And then, well, actually, if you go straight there, it'll be at the top. It'll say 27 tools I use. And then you can see, like, actually, I think I have 25 currently because sometimes I switch them out. Like, if I find a better platform for something or a cheaper one or whatever, then I'll switch it out. But I yeah. updated, but for the most part, all of those are things that I still use and recommend. So, <laughs> yeah, and I checked the website out because I was interested. But what are some of the tools that I am already using, and which ones do I do not know, which I could be implementing in my business at a bootstrap budget? Because let's be honest, the more you can save, the more profit you can take out of your business. So even if you're not starting up, you already got a business and you want to look at the amount of investment that you're putting into your business, it might 
be interesting to see some of these tools that you can bootstrap your business with. So Sarah, as we are coming up to the end of our time together, and we will make sure that we add all of these links to the description with this episode, you can do click and go right through to Sarah's website and check her tools out, but also all the other resources that she has on there as well. Sarah, what is something that you want to leave our audience with that we have not covered in our time together? Sure. So a couple of things that I struggled with um, throughout my journey, and I think a lot of entrepreneurs do, is first of all, shiny object syndrome, where you get a new idea and you end up with like, you're working on 10 different things at one time. (laughs) And I think that was part of my problem is that I just, I was trying this, that, and the other thing, which I guess was beneficial in a way, like you had mentioned earlier, because then that kind of led to the book and then the podcast and it was a journey, but I think it can be distracting to see or hear of a new thing and be like, Oh, I got to do that. Or I got to do that. So trying to recognize when that happens and reel it in. And then another thing I would say is I think we, or at least I did spend so much time learning through, you know, podcasts and uh, books and courses and whatnot, but not implementing it. And it's important to learn, but at a certain point you need to start implementing what you're learning. Otherwise it's pointless. And so now for every hour, hour I spend learning, I try to spend another hour implementing what I've learned. And it's kind of the whole just-in-time learning thing where you need to do something, so learn that thing, do the thing, and then now maybe there's another thing you need to learn, so then learn that and do that. Because I think we tend to want to learn all of the things (laughs) before we do anything. But the problem is, if we do that, then we never start. And even when we do, we're not going to remember most of that stuff by then, because we're not at that point yet, so... Yeah, those are the two pieces of advice, I would say. Awesome. Thank you so much. I think that was our golden nugget for our audience um, that we can go towards the end of our time together. So Sarah, thank you so very much for joining us today. It's been an absolute pleasure. I've learned a lot. I'm going to revisit my business for the tools and let's see if we can bootstrap this even more. <laughs> and for you that is listening to this episode, thank you so very much for spending your time and attention with us today. We hope that you have found this very valuable and we would love, love, love to know what has been your biggest insight or takeaway from the conversation with Sarah St. John. Do take a moment and share it with us in our community, the Entrepreneur Sushi Club on Facebook. You will find the link to this group in the description with this podcast episode and if you know anyone for whom this will be valuable and i know that there are a lot of people out there please do share this episode with them i'm sure that they will thank you for sharing it with them for now have an amazing day have fun and we are looking forward to seeing you on the next episode see you all bye Bye. thank you 